everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes a Gold podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today we're going to talk about four things, four specific things. Number one, interruptions. Anyone else deal with interruptions in their life? You've got a plan, and then there's an interruption. Number two, what do you do when you're overwhelmed? When you've got more than you can possibly get done, what do you do with that feeling of being overwhelmed? Number three, long goals. If you have a big goal that you want to accomplish, how do you accomplish it? And number four, day jobs. We're going to talk about what do you do if you have a dream you're working on, but you've got a day job? How do you balance both? That's what we're going to talk about, those four things. But first, before we get into that, let's hear a quick word from the sponsor of today's episode. When my book soundtracks came out, one reaction really surprised me. Parents across the country started asking me, do you have a version for teenagers? They say, you know, John, if I could have changed my mindset at that age, my entire life would have been different. Why did they say that? Because when it comes to the life you want, mindset is everything. When you're young, your entire world is made of new. You're a movie that's barely started, a notebook with blank pages in it, a song that hasn't hit the chorus yet. You have your whole life ahead of you. The crazy thing is, your future life is directly impacted by your mindset. Positive or negative, your thoughts matter. They can work for you or against you. In fact, a single repetitive thought believed when you're a teen can change the course of your entire life. The good news is you get a choice when it comes to those internal soundtracks. That's why I wrote my newest book, Your New Playlist, with my two teenage daughters. It's written for teenagers by teenagers to help them create new thoughts that will turn into new actions and lead to new results. Help your teen design a playlist and tap into the superpower mindset by pre-ordering a copy of Your New Playlist wherever you like to buy books or you can even read the first two chapters for free at acuff.me slash playlist. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Those four things I mentioned feel a little different, right? They don't feel like they're related. Interruptions, overwhelming feelings, long goals, day jobs. So why are we talking about those four things? We're talking about those four things because people recently asked me questions about exactly that. Um, I do this thing called challenges. I like to do online challenges where I, I teach for five days for free in a private Facebook group and I share ideas, topics, things that I'm seeing people do with. And then we have a VIP room that we answer questions in. So I'll teach for like half an hour to an hour. And then there's a VIP room where people come in and ask specific questions about things they're dealing with. It's super, super fun. We've got another one coming up in September about bravery. Um, It's 100% free. So if you want to sign up, it's just acuff.me slash challenge. A-C-U-F-F dot M-A slash challenge. We're going to do another one. It's a ton of content. I love just turning on a fire hose of content. That's one of the things that um, I really enjoy as a writer, as an idea curator, as a, you know, guy who loves to roll around in concepts. I get to do that today. Matter of fact, today I'm headed to a speaking gig in my city. It's always fun when it's a hometown gig. I get to go down. It's a Friday when I'm recording this, which means I'm going to be battling um a lot of bachelorette parties. Like it's a Friday in Nashville and I have to go downtown, which means I'm going to have to like push my way through a lot of Becky's to get to my spot. And the gig is at the JW Marriott, which I love. It's a beautiful hotel here in Nashville, kind of overlooks the main strip of Nashville, if you will. And I've done maybe a dozen events in the JW Marriott. I just want them to get like a red bat phone that they call me up and they're like, hey, the other speaker canceled. It's a trucking event. 
go. And then I just get in my car and I go down. I'm like, let's go, let's go. Let's talk, you know, and I actually did an event for truckers um, in the JW Marriott. That's why truckers are fresh on my mind. Um, but I, I can't wait for today because I get to share ideas. And that's what the goal of this podcast is, is me sharing ideas. So in today's episode, I'm going to address those four topics because I see a lot of people asking questions about those. And we're going to jump off with actual questions. If you're watching this on YouTube, we're putting all the episodes on YouTube now. Have you guys heard of YouTube? I think it's going to, I think it's going to be pretty popular. I'm seeing a lot of people seem to like, they enjoy videos. Um, I think that's going to be helpful in the future. People are going to get into video. I'm like 10 years too late to video and I'm getting like reels. I'm doing more with reels. Like I feel very much like an old man raging against the sea about like, Oh, video, but I'm into video. So if you're watching this right now, you see me holding up a piece of paper. This piece of paper is a bunch of questions. If you look, there's a ton of questions on here. And so what I do is in this hour VIP session, I answer people's specific question. Now, I want to start with topic number one, interruptions. Every life is full of interruptions. Your life right now is full of interruptions. And Wendy asked a specific question about that. Here's what Wendy said. Wendy said, I have a special needs child, so I get interrupted often as I work from home. And then it's super hard for me to get back on track. Since interruptions are going to happen, that's a good call, Wendy, do you have suggestions for how to keep them from throwing me off for the next few hours or possibly the rest of the day? Everyone listening right now has had one of those moments where you had your plan, you had everything laid out, you were good to go, and then you have an interruption. There's something that surprises you, something that knocks you off course. So what do you do in those moments? Well, the first thing I think you and I need to do is what I call a ginger moment. You need to create a ginger moment. What do I mean by that? Well, when you eat sushi, there's ginger included. And some people think, oh, well, that's part of the sushi. It is, but the specific reason the ginger is there when you have sushi is to cleanse your palate between bites. So you have some bite, you have some crazy like volcano roll or like some, you know, pretty run of the mill, spicy tuna or California roll, whatever. You have a bite of sushi and then you're going to switch to a different type of sushi. And so the ginger is there to kind of wipe out the other one to go, let's cleanse the palate. Let's start over. Let's begin a new bite of sushi so that you can actually appreciate it. So all the sushi doesn't just run together. And you need to do the same thing when you get interrupted. When you're working on something that matters to you and a kid comes in, a boss pops his head or her head over the, the cubicle, you know, you get a phone call, whatever it is, you need to reset. You need to, a ginger moment. So what does a ginger moment look like? Well, if you work from home, like, like Wendy does, like I do, like a lot of us do, walking around the neighborhood for 10 minutes can reset you. It can bring you back to, okay, I had an interruption. I'm having a hard time resetting. So I'm going to go find a ginger moment. It can be walking to the mailbox and getting your mail. It can be walking to the break room if you're at work and getting a drink of water. It can be anything that helps you reset to go, okay, it's time to begin again. I've reset with the ginger moment. That's the first thing you need to do. If you get interrupted, think about what for me is a good ginger moment. What's going to help me get back in my game? The second thing that I said to Wendy that I'd say to you is, how are you scoring yourself? You see, often we score ourselves really, really specifically, especially with work from home. We go, okay, I need to get a perfect eight hours in, or I need to get a perfect nine hours in, or I need to get perfect focus time. And then we never admit the environment we're in. 
Um, it was just summer. We've just come through summer. Summer's hard if you work from home. Like summer is a challenging transition. It is for me because all of a sudden your kids that are in school are no longer in school. And if you tell a kid, hey, I really need to be focused. These, uh, I'm putting a little sign on the, like tell a toddler that. A toddler is going to laugh in your face and be like, oh, let me respect your work boundaries. I didn't read the sign that said, mom's in a meeting, please don't come in. So you have to give yourself a score that actually is realistic. So I always say like, don't score yourself on 100%. Like you're gonna hear me talk about that constantly. Like what's your scoring? How are you scoring yourself? Because sometimes the reason the interruption is so frustrating is you're scoring yourself going, there's pass fail. Either I passed the day, like I crushed every inch of it or I failed. You need a different scoring system, especially if you're getting a lot of interruptions. The third thing that I said to Wendy that I'd say to you is make interruptions a goal, not a failure. Think about it this way. If you say, okay, I'm going to actually focus on getting better at how I handle the interruptions. I'm going to make that one of my goals, not just, I'm so frustrated, it was a failure. What if you said, okay, I'm going to find a way to reset faster than I ever have before. I'm going to watch how long it takes me to get back into the zone. And I'm going to make that a goal. I'm going to make my attitude when I get an interruption a goal. I'm going to react positively to people that interrupt me. Like I'm going to work on that. Make the interruption a goal so you can actually be deliberate about it, actually change it versus just going, I'm frustrated, I'm mad. Make it part of your day. You, you shouldn't be surprised by the interruption. You can get better at interruptions. I think all too often, we don't put enough goals in other parts of our life and we don't benefit from all the benefits that a goal offers. So make the interruption a goal and say, okay, can I react differently? Can I be more positive? Can I change how my face looks when I get interrupted? I, I don't have a poker face. Like if somebody interrupts me, it is very clear what I'm thinking. And so can I work on how my face looks? Can I work on how fast I get back into the zone? Can I work on anticipating some of the interruptions? If you get the same type of interruption 10 days in a row, you shouldn't be surprised day 11. You shouldn't be like, wow, I had, I had no idea. Like that's really fascinating that 11 times in a row, you can get better at the interruption. So that's the first thing I'd say. The first topic, interruptions. How do you handle better? First thing, look for ginger moments. Second thing, how are you scoring yourself? Third thing, can you make the interruption a goal, not a failure? Second topic, feeling overwhelmed. Anyone listening right now feel overwhelmed? Anyone have more to do than they can possibly get done? Well, that's exactly the question Ryan asked. Ryan said, I often get overwhelmed with all the things that can be done in a day. Be a good spouse, parent, put in a nine-hour workday, cook, exercise, throw out the rotting pumpkin on the porch. I love that he mentioned that one specifically because we all have some form of a rotting pumpkin like in our house like it doesn't have to be an actual pumpkin but it's something that you've been putting off i know for us in the garage my daughter came home from camp um probably two weeks ago and her sleeping bag is still in our garage and the sleep pad is still in our garage and we walk over it every time we go to the car because nobody wants to pull the attic stairs down and climb into the attic because it's it's summer in the south and the attic is like 10 million degrees and so we've all been pretending there's not a huge sleeping bag that we are stepping over like that's our rotting pumpkin you have a rotting pumpkin in your life right now every everybody does he says daily house chores walk the dog juggle relationships what advice do you have to one not guilt yourself when you don't get everything done number two keep your family happy and number three accomplish your personal goals that's a that's a great question and, and it's a topic we can all relate to, feeling overwhelmed. So the first thing I said to Ryan that I'll say to you is, me too. 
Like me too. Everybody feels overwhelmed. That's a very human thing. Like I don't know if animals feel overwhelmed. Like I've never seen a cardinal that's like, man, I have so much to do today. Like so much cardinal stuff. I think feeling overwhelmed and trying to do more than you can possibly do is a very human thing. Second thing I'd say is, there's a soundtrack I like to use. I've talked to you guys about soundtracks again and again and again. It's a book I wrote about mindset, about overthinking, and a soundtrack is a repetitive thought. It can be negative or positive. It's positive if you choose it, if you create it. So a positive soundtrack that I use when it comes to being overwhelmed is you don't finish the work, you finish the day. Let me say that again. You don't finish the work, you finish the day. Here's what I mean by that. We don't live in a done world. We, we really don't. Like, let's say that part of your job involves social media. There's, there's people that are listening right now that part of their job involves social media. You're never done with social media. You never finish the internet. You never go, I did it all. Like I finished, like I did enough. Like I posted on everything. I responded to everybody. I finished social media. No, you never feel that way. And that's true of every job. There's not a teacher that goes home at the end of the day and goes, I helped every kid the exact way they needed to be helped. Like I did it all. I finished. Like I'm done with education today. Like I did it all. I finished. There's not a CEO. There's not a manager of a bank that goes, you know what? Every single thing, like I finished all the work. You don't finish the work. You finish the day. And that will shift your perspective because then you go, okay, I did some things. I did the things I needed to do. I didn't get to all the things because we don't live in an all world where I get to do all the things, but I did the ones that mattered and I finished the day. The day has a conclusion. The work keeps going and that's not a negative thing. It's not, it doesn't mean you're on this endless cycle of work coming and coming and coming and coming. What it means is you get to rest. You get to say, I finished. I finished the day. So you have to shift your perspective. The third thing I'd say is that you need to focus on what you did, not what you missed. There's this huge temptation at the end of the day when you're feeling overwhelmed to only focus on the things you didn't get to, to only focus on all the things you missed, on all the things that are half done, on all the things, all the balls you dropped, however you want to say it, versus going, look what I did. And I, that, that happened to me in my own life. I'm trying this new um, organization kind of goal setting system. I'm a goal nerd. So I'm always like tinkering and testing things. And I got this massive whiteboard and I've been studying this system called uh, Kanban, I think is how it's pronounced. It's, it's Japanese. It's a software development system, but they have a personal Kanban where you can use it in your own life. And I'll, I'll probably share more about this as I go. I'm, I'm testing. I'm testing it right now. If it's awesome, then I'll go, hey, I think it's awesome. That's how I do my content, by the way. Um, I figure out something and go, let me test this. Let me try this. And then I open it up to a lot of other people. I open it up to you guys. I invite you to challenges like acuff.me slash challenge and thousands of us try it and go, that, that worked like that, that worked, that changed my approach to books a few years ago. That changed how I do books because by the time a book comes out, I've tested that idea in my own life, but also in the life of thousands of other people. So when somebody reads the book and goes, oh, I can apply this to my life, it's because real people like you have tested the idea with me and it actually works. I don't put theories into books, I put tools into books. That's That was a shift for me. And so I'm testing Kanban, but the coolest part of it, I think so far is, you have three columns and one of the column is done. 
like they put a big emphasis on saying we often don't give ourselves credit for the things we actually did, the things we actually completed. We don't look at done. And so I've started to have a column on my whiteboard that says done. And I'm collecting all these things I did. And it's fun for me to look up and go, oh, wow, there's a huge pile over there versus at the end of the day going, I didn't do it all. Like I didn't, I didn't get it all done. Um, I look at all the things I missed. We have this tendency to over-focus on the things we missed versus the things we did. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed, I would encourage you, what would it look like for you to create a done list, for you to create a done category in your to-do list so that you can actually see the things that are piling up? Because I think there's more there than you think. And I think that you're like me, you tend to ignore the things you actually did and over-focus on the things you missed. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, that, that's my advice. Number one, me too. Everybody feels that way. Don't think you're alone in that. Number two advice, remember, you don't finish the work, you finish the day. And the third thing is focus on what you did, not what you missed. Focus on what you completed, not what you missed. The third topic we're going to talk about are long goals. Like when you have a big goal, that's not something you can accomplish in a day, not something you would accomplish in a week, not something you can accomplish in a month, like a long goal. A woman named Monica asked about that. She said, as a retired educator, I know how important it was to encourage kids at every step, not just the completed project, final test, et cetera. Do you have recommendations on how we can build, be present in the moment into what we are doing along the way? She said, some phrases that come to mind, like enjoy the process, celebrate the accomplishment, savor the moment, et cetera. How do you build more be present in the moment into something that's a long goal. And so here's what I said to Monica that I said to you. Number one, build more milestones, not just begin and end. There's a reason that when you run a marathon or a half marathon, they tell you each mile. Like when you run one, there's a sign that says mile one, mile two, mile three, not mile four, not mile five, mile six. You see, if you only had a beginning and an end, that would be really discouraging. Nobody can hold their breath and kind of white knuckle and go, okay, a year from now, we're going to launch that product. And so we only have two milestones, the product beginning, like the kickoff meeting, and when the product actually hits the shelves or when it actually goes online or whatever. Like you need milestones along the way. So I try to make really small milestones. I try to give myself millions of little finishes along the way so that I don't have to go that far. I don't want to have to go from start to finish with no accomplishment in the middle, with no checkpoint in the middle, with no sense of savoring that I've done some work in the middle. So I think the first thing you do with long projects is you add some milestones. You add some small wins along the way. That's the first one. The second thing is track the hours invested. I think hours are one of the best things you can track when you're working on a long goal because they become a milestone. So for me, I know it takes 500 to 700 hours to write a book. Like this I've done, I'm working on my ninth book right now. I'm writing my ninth book. And at this point, I'm pretty confident that it takes 500 to 700 hours to write a book. And I've been tracking all the hours on the current one I'm working on. 
because they become these little mini milestones because there's not a ton of other milestones in a book process. I mean, there's turn in the first draft, get edits back. There are some milestones, but not enough. So I need a milestone that when I do three hours, I get to move the needle a little bit on the chart I'm keeping. When I do another two hours, I get to move the needle a little bit because if I only had two milestones, start the book, finish the book, I would never finish books. I get so discouraged. So I think it's really powerful for you to track the hours during a goal, not just the completion of it, because the hours are easy to measure. Time is the easiest metric. It's the, like everyone knows how to measure time. I know when, wow, I've put an hour in on this project or wow, I went and worked out for half an hour or wow, I did this around this time frame. That's what I mean. Track the hours that you invested. The third thing I would say is make the progress stack up visually. Like make it stack up visually. I have a huge wall chart that tracks my hours. If you follow me on Instagram, I share it all the time. I'm just at John Acuff. You can, you can see my updates there. But you have to make the progress visual because otherwise you'll forget it. We know this with kids. It's so funny. I think it's really interesting how many tools we give kids to manage like elementary school, middle school, high school, and then we graduate and we remove the tools. Like we go, hey, no, now you're an adult. You don't get to have a chart that shows what you're working on. You don't get to have a visual. I think it's the reverse. I think you need more visuals as an adult. Is it easier to be a kid or an adult? Like, do you have less pressure as an adult than you as a kid? No, of course not. You have so much pressure as an adult. So make it easier on yourself, have some visuals. So when you've got a big goal, especially, have a visual so you can see the progress all along the way. Keep that goal, keep that progress right in front of you with a visual. Now, the third topic, and let me let me do a recap because I recapped all the other ones. So if you've got a long goal, build more milestones. Build more milestones, lots of many milestones. Second thing I said, track the hours invested. Third thing I said, you should always make the stack up, the progress visual. Those are the first three topics. Now we're going to talk about day jobs. I'm going to flip to the day job. That's what you're hearing. If you're not watching, I'm flipping paper. There's hundreds and hundreds of of questions that I've answered over the years. It's super fun to be able to really serve real needs. So let's talk about day job to dream job. It's a question I get a lot. I wrote a book um, called Do-Over that kind of walks you through career transition a few years ago. But Elliot asked a really great question about his day job. He's got a day job, wants a dream job. There's a lot of people right now listening that are like, okay, what would it look like for me to transition to something I really want to do? Here's what he says. He said, my goal is to become a pro stand-up comedian. It's a long road with no guarantees of success. I have a day job that I don't like with no room to move up. I focus most of my energy on becoming a better comedian. I've become pretty good after seven years of dedication. Way to go, putting in that work. But becoming a pro still seems far off. I feel judged because I'm in a lousy job. Should I spend time improving my day job when it is not something I see myself doing long term and would waste energy that could be spent on my goal? Great question, right? He's got a day job, feels a little bit stuck, has a dream job that he wants to do. He's putting in the work. He's trying to grow it. It's a challenging road. Here's what I would say. Number one, you can't be lazy all week at your day job and then think you'll hustle on your dream job. It's a really simple principle. You can't practice being average all week and then think you'll be amazing on the weekend. You you can't. I really believe that you need to give it your all at your day job so you can give it your all on the weekend. If you practice being lazy, if you practice being disrespectful, if you practice being average for 40 hours a week at a day job, guess what happens on the weekend? 
you've, you've practiced being average. You're going to be average on your dream job. What I found is that when I started to hustle on my day job, like the, the more intention I put to my day job, the better I got at my dream job. So the more that I crushed, you know, meetings, um, projects that weren't related to my dream job of being a writer at all, the better I was as a writer. It was, it was cyclical. And when I really started to crush my dream job, I really started to give even more to my day job. I, I believe this at my core. You can't steal time. You can't waste time at your, at your day job. You can't be disrespectful at your day job. You can't kind of slack at your, at your day job and then think you'll crush on the weekend. That's, that's not how it works. You're one person. So I really believe that for somebody like Elliot, if for somebody that's listening right now that has a day job that they don't like, hustle on that day job. It will feed your ability to hustle on your dream job. Second thing that I always that I always think of is consider that day job fundraising. I, I've talked about this before. My friend Bob Goff, I talked to him about this once. He's a lawyer, super successful lawyer. And he said that being a lawyer was fundraising for the missions he wanted to do in Uganda. That's how he looked at it. I look at a good day job as like an angel investor. Like like I look at a day job as funding the thing I want to do. Imagine if you looked at them as venture capitalists, like your boss at your day job is funding your dream. They might not even know it. She might not know it. She might not never, she might not never, might not never. That sounds so smart. I'm so glad I'm giving advice with might not never. Ridiculous. She may never know that, but your day job can fund your dream job. If you imagine your day job as a venture capitalist or an angel investor, it changes your attitude to it. So think about your day job as venture capital. Um, and then the third thing I'd say to anyone is, do you live in the right city for that dream job? I think that's a good question. I think that there's certain cities that make certain dream jobs easier. And there comes a point where you go, okay, I've tried this. I want to really level up. If you are a songwriter, I would say move to Nashville. If you are a songwriter, I would, I would say you need to be in Nashville because it's harder to do co-writes in Iowa. Um, if you're a comedian, um, you probably need to be in New York or LA. Why? Because they have enough comedy clubs for you to practice. When you're a comedian, and that's what Elliot's dream job is, you need to get on stage five times, 10 times a night if you can and bounce all over the city and see if you can get three minutes here, five minutes there. You need a lot of comedy clubs and there's comedy clubs in New York and LA. So if your dream job involves a certain city, is it, is it time for you to make that jump? Now that's a big jump. I, I agree. It's a massive jump. And there's the majority of dream jobs don't require that decision. But as you continue to work hard, um, as you continue to see it as fundraising, there might come a point where you need to go, okay, I need to move to a different city. I'll still get a day job there. I'll still need the fundraising. I'll still need, you know, the support of that. But maybe I'm not in the right city right now, especially if you're stuck. Elliot said he's been working on it for seven years. So maybe he's, maybe he's in the wrong city. Maybe he lives in Nebraska and it's hard to build a really thriving comedy career in Nebraska. So always, always check your city, check where I live. Now it's easier than ever to chase a dream job because of work from home and you can be remote and all that, but there's still certain dream jobs where you need to be there. I recently read um, Stephen Pressfield's new book. I'm going to have him on the podcast pretty soon. And he talked about that, like making sure you're in the place where the thing happens. And every now and then there's a type of dream job that has a place. 
And maybe, maybe yours has a place. So what did I say to him? I said, you can't be lazy all week and then think you'll hustle on your dream job. You got to crush your day job too. Number two, think about your day job as venture capital. Think about them as angel investors. And three, check your city. Check your city whenever you have a dream job. Those are the four things that I wanted to encourage you about today. What do you do with interruptions? What do you do when you're feeling overwhelmed? What do you do with long goals? And what do you do with day jobs? I think it's really fun to be able to answer some questions. So thank you so much to everyone who's in my challenges. Again, if you want to join the next one's in September, it's acuf.me slash challenge. It's going to be super fun. It's five days of me teaching content, like things that I love, things that I think are helpful to you. This one's going to be around bravery. So if you're curious and you're like, I think I could be a little braver, couldn't, couldn't we all? Like I'm doing a study on bravery right now because I want to figure out can you learn to be brave? Like, is it something people are born with or can you learn it? Spoiler alert, you can learn it. I think it's gonna be really fun. It's acuf.me slash challenge. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, we'll put any links in the show notes as always. And thank you for the reviews. You guys write amazing reviews. They're super encouraging. So please subscribe, follow whatever the kids are saying these days. And please write a review. And remember, I'll see you next week. And all it takes is a goal. And don't forget, you can pre-order a copy of your new playlist anywhere books are sold, or you could read the first two chapters for free at acuf.me slash playlist. That's A-C-U-F-F dot M-E slash playlist. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuf.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.